Welcome to Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. My name is John Bartlett, and I'm your host. Mimi Schwartz is an executive editor and author at Texas Monthly. Throughout her life, Mimi's whole family has had a special relationship with dogs, including her immediate family having a handful of childhood dogs. But it was her dad especially who was the most connected and in turn impacted Mimi's life in an immeasurable way. Mimi, thank you so much for joining us tonight on Dog Save the People. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Now, where are we speaking to you from? You are speaking to me from Houston, Texas. Wonderful. So you have such a beautiful story, and I wanted to, I guess, kind of begin. Could you just tell me a little bit about your dad? My dad was a wonderful, wonderful guy. I think he was much beloved in San Antonio. His name was Arnold Swartz, but uh, it was Texas, so everybody called him Pick, P-I-C, which actually was a (laughs) nickname he had all his life. Oh, I love it. Very easygoing, very sweet, but completely obsessed with his dogs. Oh, that's great. (laughs) So it was sort of a family joke about, you know, the dogs were treated much better than my brothers and I were. And so did you uh, grow up with a lot of dogs through your childhood? We did. We kind of lived by a what in San Antonio we called a basin because it was there to catch water because San Antonio flooded. And we sort of, because we were by a lot of open land, we just kind of kept accumulating pets. So we at one time had 13 cats and I think two dogs. Wow. And then, you know, over time, I think we usually were a one dog family. And then later on, uh, did your parents have dogs after you and your brother left the house? Yes. And that's when things got really bad. (laughs) I would say that's when, you know, with no children to pay attention to, my father really got close to a corgi. They they wanted, my mom was trying to find a dog they could share. The corgi breed sort of came up as a small dog that thinks it has a big dog personality and all that stuff. And my father immediately bonded with the dog. And this dog's name was Wesley. It was a corgi. And, and the only person Wesley ever paid attention to was dad. Uh-huh. And so if your dad said a dog was tired or hungry or even angry, it might mean that he actually was tired, hungry. or Yeah, <laughs> he was a good projector. Uh-huh. So he would say, you know, I think Wesley's tired if he was bored with something and had to leave my youngest brother's wedding reception because he said he had to walk the dog. <laughs> so, you're done, you're done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's adorable. Yeah. He found that canines were the human decency barometer. I love that concept. My father really liked just about everybody. It it was hard to find someone he disliked, but anyone who mistreated an animal, he was pretty much done with. So as Wesley was getting older, your mom um, felt that it was time to find another dog for him or or for them or both. She was very worried my father would not survive Wesley's passing because they were essentially best friends. There's a disease that corgis get called DM. It's kind of like ALS. You know, first lose their back legs, then their front legs, and they can't move. And, you know, my mother was very sensitive to things like that, so she must have noticed it. I never did. 
So she started looking around for another dog. How did that work out? Well, unfortunately, my mom died, but not before she had arranged (laughs) to get the dog on the owner's timetable. I'm very sorry to hear about your mom. And was this something that was sudden? She died in a fall, basically. So so she decided she would walk the dog. And I think the heat got to her and she fell down sort of a ravine. And Wesley stayed with her till the ambulance came. How did your dad do after your mom passed? I think it was really, really, really hard for him. Um, They were really, what I remember him saying in the elevator of the hospital was, you know, he said we were a team. And they were a team, but she found an older show dog that was being retired. So she was about five. So dad and I drove up together to get her. And she was this beautiful, beautiful little corgi named Trilby. But the dog was a great binder, I think, of, you know, knowing my mom had wanted Trilby and my dad really fell in love with her. And so did I. She was just the best dog. How did she compare to Wesley? Well, she was outgoing and friendly. (laughs) Trilby loved everyone and wanted to have conversations with everyone. So Uh we really bonded right away. I just, you know, she was adorable. I think my father was not very demonstrative about how he was feeling. So I think Trilby more than Wesley sort of allowed us. Trilby was sort of a conduit for communication, as dogs can be, I think. Oh, gosh. Absolutely. And so how old was Wesley when your mom passed? He must have been 12 or 13. And I was frankly shocked when dad said he had to put Wesley down. You know, he didn't say anything. He just took the dog to the vet and had him put down because he was suffering. I mean, mom was right. It was good that we had Trilby because she was cheerful. And I think she did help. You know, it's like she had to go out. She had to be fed. So my dad had to be functional, which I think is one of the great things about dogs is that they pull you back into the world. And then actually, he eventually started dating, you know, initially with people at the dog park. You know, that's where he met the first few women he dated. Um, So, you know, they started out with things in common right away. Oh, that's great. (laughs) Certainly having a dog on the street or at the dog park, I mean, it just opens you up to meeting so many people. Oh, yeah. They're just such wonderful conversation starters, and you bond with these people. Yeah. And so your father, he, after your mom died and after Wesley died, it was him and Trilby? It was him and Trilby, and then Dad um, started dating someone pretty seriously who also was a dog nut. Her daughter at one point took me aside and said, you know, I want you to know my mom is is obsessed with her dog. And I think she said it like it was going to be bad news. And I thought, oh, no, this is perfect. And they did. Then the two of them took their dogs everywhere. Oh, uh, that's great. Yeah, it was very funny. So then it became Casey and Trilby. That was she had a poodle. And so they lived very well, those dogs. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. That's great. And so your father then, um, he started then having some some memory issues. Yeah, my dad, actually, his girlfriend noticed it first. I mean, I think family members, you know, I just kept thinking he was getting a little, he was old, you know, but he started, my father always loved to make travel reservations and he'd start to forget and then he couldn't finish books that he'd start. 
And so eventually he had to come and live with us. And I had asked the owner of the house next door to us. I just said, gee, you know, if you ever want to sell it, let us know. And he remembered 20 years later. And so we moved dad next door and he lived another five years. He, he made it to his 90th birthday. And so during your dad's illness, how did he and Trilby exist together? How did they coexist? Pretty much like one unit. I found all these places we could go and eat where she was allowed. Houston's pretty temperate, so there were many places with patios. He really loved having that dog with him as much as he possibly could. He hated to leave her alone, and I pretty much indulged that whenever I could. Um, I just felt like, you know, he was old and he was pretty much alone, although I guess he had his daughter next door. I think he actually, you know, for someone with dementia in their later years, I think it worked out as well as it could. But the dog was a big help. You know, she could help him focus. And, you know, he'd always ask where she was. If I couldn't, you know, if he didn't see her, I'd bring her in. And I think, you know, how it is. You just have someone, you know, all those scientific studies have shown if you can put your hand on a dog and pet a dog, you're going to feel better. Oh, gosh, absolutely. Yeah. It reminds me of my own father uh, who died 10 years ago. He also had vascular dementia. Oh, yeah. He was able to stay at home. Uh, my mom took great care of him, and then we had people come in to help. Yeah. But um, we had at that time, where my parents had at that time, a beautiful Labrador retriever, yeah. and Maggie was his life. Yeah. And she kept him engaged and present and really helped to formulate a life that he understood and that he enjoyed and it was everything was very scheduled but they he and maggie were were a unit and it was very hard for my mom after my dad died of course but maggie was her savior so i I totally relate to this story and uh, but maggie was such a big help to my dad so eventually your dad did pass away he did And when we were going to dad's funeral, I got a call from his sort of bookkeeper, housekeeper. She was a close friend. And she said, Mimi, you know, your daddy made me promise one thing. He wanted to be buried with Wesley's ashes. So I have the ashes in the car with me. So fortunately... The rabbi was a close friend of mine, so I had to go to her and say, Amy, (laughs) and she still kind of dines out on the story. She said it was sort of, she just put Wesley, he he was in a very pretty little urn, and so Wesley and my dad are now together for all eternity. Oh, gosh, that's so beautiful. Well, Well, it's a dog story. You know what? It's funny because my dad, um, when he was planning for when he passed, Mm -hmm. he invested in this tiny little mausoleum. But basically, Maggie, my dad's dog, is in there with him. So it's totally the same story. I love that. So whenever I go to visit my dad, I go to see Maggie, too. You know, they are, they're part of the family. And I think it's so, you know, I've had people tell me, you know, start crying and say to me, well, you know, my dog just died. I'm really sorry. But I think, you know, we get as close to our dogs as we do to a lot of family members. And I think there's so much gratitude also that we feel so. And then we had Trilby. (laughs) 
really adored that dog. I think she was a tie to my dad, for one thing. You know, it's like he wasn't entirely gone when I had Trilby. So at the end of the day, what kind of lessons do you feel like you've taken away from both your experience with your dad and his dogs and just having your own dogs in your life? You know, I don't think I'd ever be without a dog now. I don't think of it as lessons as much as almost a necessity. You know, this is just how I want to live my life is, is always having a companion like that. Oh, yeah. There, I mean, there really there is nothing like it. Yeah. So, Mimi, where can we find you on Instagram or on social media? Uh, I'm on Instagram just with my name, Mimi Swartz. And the story, people can find the story at TexasMonthly.com. The name of the article is Life in Dog Years. Yes. It's a really great story. And I really, really thank you for your time. I love this story so much. Well, thank you for having me on the show. This is great. You sound like a wonderful person. (laughs) So good to meet you. (laughs) Thank you. You too, Mimi. All right. Well, take care. It was great talking with you. Bye-bye. Bye. It was so moving to hear about how dogs played a role in Mimi's dad's life all the way until the end, even helping him navigate the way forward after her mom passed away. And then for her dad to pass after and for Trilby to be there for Mimi during that time without either parent. It was such a heartbreaking but powerful example of how dogs can have such a crucial and important place in our lives and help us keep going during the most difficult experiences that we live through. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. This show is a production of As It Should Be, a content studio. It's made with the support of our producer and editor, Jack Summer. Special thanks to our composer and neighbor, Daniel Lambert, for creating the music for the show. You can subscribe to Dog Save the People on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please leave a review or rating. You can also follow us on social media. You can also check out the Tiny Tim Rescue Fund, my foundation, at johnbartlettny.com. Enjoy a walk with your dog and make it a great day for both of you.